Isaiah chapter 6. How many, how many of you, maybe even in recent past, where you, that, you, that you wish that there would have been a, a time that you thought that, boy, a fresh start would really be good right now. A new beginning would really be good. So if I could just start all over again, but would really, really be good. How many of you ever wish that you just had a few buttons that maybe you could push on your life and somehow maybe get your life back on track or, or maybe you know, bring some time back that you lost or whatever? Have you ever, have you ever asked this question in your life, I, I, I just want to do over. Can I just do this thing over again? I, I wish I could get out of a jail, get out of a jail free card, you know, like the Monopoly game that sometimes we play, that get out of jail free card kind of thing. Can I just simply start over? That's really what I want to talk to you tonight a little bit about, a fresh beginning. Maybe, maybe for you, you'd like to have a fresh start in a career, or a, maybe for some of you, since we've just come through Christmas, you, you'd really like to have a fresh start on, a, on, the, on the credit card that you maxed out over the Christmas holidays and all of that, that, you know, the bill hadn't come through on Jan- January yet, so maybe you just want a fresh start on that, or maybe with a a project or a relationship or whatever the case may be. Well, when it, when it comes to a fresh start or a new beginning, if you will, a fresh beginning, however you want to label that, we can do that. And, and even though we can do some new things in our own life, what I want to focus on tonight is, our, is a fresh start in our relationship with God. Not to say that, that you're in a bad relationship with God, not to say that you're not where you need to be, but as we, as we look at in 2018, how can we have a, a fresh start in our relationship with God? And uh, because really, when you look in the Scriptures and you learn some things about God and you learn some things about Christ, God likes new things. He likes new things. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, maybe, maybe you've saw some television commercials, sort of like I have whether it was with the laundry detergent or with uh, deodorant or, or whatever. Those are just two things that I mentioned. But, but they always have these things advertised where it's, it's, an, it's new and improved. Have you ever saw that before? It's new and improved. I mean, you may be using the same thing for 20 years, but now they've come out with this, this same name, but they may put one little drop of something that's new and it's improved. You know, it's a new and improved sort of thing. Now, really, if we're honest with ourselves, we, we all like new. We, we like new. Uh, we like uh, new things that we get. We like new clothes. We like all these new things and all of this. But, but, but I, as I told you a while ago, God likes new things too. God is all about, when you look in Scripture, He's all about new. Matter of fact, God sees what, what, what could be new for us, and He wants us to get, to get the new things. I know I ask you to turn to Isaiah chapter, chapter 6, but look with me real quick over in Isaiah chapter 43. I forgot I was going to read this scripture to you first. Isaiah, Isaiah 43, there's a very familiar scripture that you've read many, many times in verse 19 that says this, to show you that God is a God of new. It says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is a God of new things. He's a, he's a God of new. When you look at this scripture, that's, that's like a 2,500 plus year old promise that God gave to Isaiah and his people. And, 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 and it doesn't matter how old that promise is, can I tell you that that promise 
That was for Isaiah. It can be the same promise for you and I tonight as well. Depending if it's 2,500 or 3,000 year, year old promise, it still is a promise that you and I can have tonight. God says, behold, I make all things new. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. Now, I'm not talking about attitudes tonight, even though it could fit. I'm not talking about relationships, even though it could fit. I'm not talking about habits, good or bad, even though it could fit. But what I want you to get in your mind, this spiritual concept that God says, I make all things new. This is a new year. We've never had 2018 before. This is our first service in this church year, in 2018. Tomorrow, or if you wake up tomorrow, and I pray that you do, could be a new day for you. New whatever for you. It's a, it's a new embarkment upon you. This year is brand new for us. But before Isaiah could speak this new promise that God gave him to his people, he had to understand a few things. And that's where Isaiah chapter 6 comes in. Look, look with me in Isaiah chapter 6. Again, a real familiar scripture. And I've preached on it before, but let's look at it again. The Bible says, in the year that King Uzziah, what? Died. Well, that's not a good way to start off a new year, is it? In the year that King Uzziah died. How many knows that King Uzziah and Isaiah was pretty tight? They sort of liked one another. They hung out with one another. Isaiah was a major prophet in the Old Testament. But he hung out with this great king. And they were big buddies, so to speak. Let's put it in our lingo. And, and, and they'd done things together. But the Bible says in the year that King Uzziah died... When he died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and his train of his robe filled the temple. Now, let me ask you a question. And, 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 and you don't have to answer this, but just think about it. Before Uzziah died, did Isaiah see the Lord this way? Did his vision or his image of God, was it the same way to Isaiah before Uzziah died as it was after Uzziah died? I saw the Lord... High upon his throne. Verse 2 says, above it, uh, above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Verse 4 says, And the post of the door was shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. And so I said, this is Isaiah, after he saw the Lord high and lifted up, after he, after he witnessed these angels here, these seraphims, after, after he saw Sister Parker, all of that, then he said, Woe is me, for I am undone. Here's a man of God. He's a prophet of God. Because I am a man of unclean lips, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken from the tongs of the altar, and he touched it, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, sin, send me. There's a lot of things that took place in those first eight verses of Isaiah. A lot of things. So the question I have for us tonight as we begin this is, what area, or is there an area in your life that feels a little dry, 
and you need a new beginning or you need a fresh start or a fresh beginning? Is there anything in your life in this first year, in this new year of 2018, in this first service of this year, examine who you are right now. Examine your relationship with God. Is there anything, whether, no matter what it is, does, does my Bible reading, is it, is it dry? Is my prayer life dry? Does, do I need to increase my prayer life? Am I kind to others the way that I need to be kind to others? Is, does the Lord, am I giving the way God wants me to give it? Am I doing any, all of these things, am I doing exactly what God wants me to, am I being, am I being loving to my spouse? Am I being loving to my fellow man? Am I witnessing enough? Am I, am I, am I doing enough to share the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is there any area in your life that feels a little dry and you need a new beginning? When you, when you look at Isaiah's vision, I believe there's some things here that you and I can even do right now, even tonight, to prepare us for a fresh beginning, for a fresh start. But here's the thing, you and I, we've got to do our part. God can only do so much, but we've got to do our part. The first thing that I saw Isaiah doing here, and, and I've labeled it a little different here, but the first thing that you and I can do that Isaiah done, we've got to register the pain maybe that we're going through. Now, I use this word register because we understand we register to vote. We register to buy a car. We sign our name. We put our, we put our name down on the dotted line, so to speak. We register for things. We understand what that means. We understand that you've got pain at times, and we understand that I've got pain, and we understand that all God's people has pain from time to time. The pain is all of our lives. But, but, and I'm not necessarily talking about pain, even though I've identified pain. It could be other issues in our life. But whatever it is, I have to identify that thing that's getting under my skin. I have to identify those, that thing that bothered me in 2017. Because if I don't identify it, it's going to carry over with me in 2018. And if I'm not careful, I'm going to get through with 2018 and it's still going to hinder me. It's still going to hinder Maybe it's a bad habit. Maybe it's an attitude issue. Maybe it's an maybe it's unforgiveness thing that I, that, I, that I brought over into 2018. Whatever it is, I've got to be able to identify this. Isaiah begins by saying, In the year that King Uzziah died, he said this, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Now, why did Isaiah have, have this vision? Why, why would it be in the year that King Uzziah died? And I don't have time to go back and do a history and look at Uzziah and Isaiah and all of those things. But understand, they were, they were buddies. Understand the fact that there's a little bit here, you can read into a little bit here, that Isaiah, Sister Mavis, had his eyes on the king more so than he had his eyes upon God. This high, the creator, this high and lofty one, the one that he said, I saw his train filling the temple, this one that he sort of took his eyes off of. Now probably the most significant new beginning in somebody's life sometimes appear that when we lose something significant, maybe it's a death or maybe we lost a significant thing, and we have to ask the question, if that's the case, then what needs to change in my life? Here's, here's the things that we have to do. I've got to identify it, number one, and then I have to identify, ask the question, what, what has to change in order for me not to carry this thing over into 2018? Now, you may, not, you may not understand this, especially when you're going through the pain. 
But God doesn't bring the pain to you. But he's waiting for you to bring the pain to him. And so often we ask God, why am I having to go through this? Why am I having to deal with this? Why am I struggling the way that I'm struggling? Why am I having the the pain that I'm experiencing? And many times we blame God, maybe not saying it, but we really do. And God's not waiting. He's not waiting. He's not waiting to bring the pain to us, but he's waiting really for us to cast our care upon him, as the scripture says, to lay things down at his feet because he sees whether we see it or not. And I hope you you understand what what I'm fixing to say. We may feel broken even tonight. And we may have some stuff that we're dealing with that we're going through tonight, but what we can't see, Brother Adam, is God sees the new in us that we can't see right now. God sees where we need to be, that we may not be there right now, but God sees the newness in us that he wants to bring if we'll just open our eyes. Isaiah had to have a king to die before he's able to see God for who he really was. What, what will have to happen? What has to happen in our life for us really to get a glimpse of who God is? Have you ever thought about it? Is it a tragedy? Would it be something significant that we have to lose in order for us to focus really, really, I mean really, really on who God really is? Is that what it takes many times for us? In order to picture, Isaiah had to lose a king, had to lose his buddy in order to see God high and lift it up. High and lift it up. So we have to ask the question, what needs to change? What has to change? And and we we have to really recognize the fact that God... He knows what new is up ahead for us. And God is ready. He's willing to help us deal with the pain or the issue or the struggle, whatever it is. He's ready to help us deal with that in order for you and I to have a fresh start. But so often we miss it because we feel like it's all about us and it ain't. I know that's not grammatically correct, but it ain't. It's all about God. And so often we'll, we'll, we'll look at us on the inside. And we feel it's all about us when God is really wanting us to release those things and turn it over to him so we can do something with it. That he can do something with it. Now, it's just interesting that when you have something, maybe it's a mechanical thing or a, um, let's just use a piece of clay because we can all picture this in our, in our mind. And we've got this piece of clay and Sister Parker, we've got in our mind what we want this piece of clay to become, whatever vessel, uh, whatever vase, or whatever we're, we're fashioning this piece of clay out of. But we really don't know how to do it, but yet we know somebody that is a really good fashioner clay person. That makes sense? <laughs> a what? Well, if you want to say it that way, that's fine. It's a little more interesting to say it the way I said it. <clears throat> And we know this person, and we go, we go, it's sort of like Keith, you and I was this afternoon. And, and you go to this person, and you say, this is what I want, this is what I've envisioned this piece of clay to be. And you release that piece of clay, we release that piece of steel, even though I, I can't get it in my mind, I'm having to trust somebody, I'm having to release that piece of clay, or release whatever it is, recognize it's not about me anymore, it's about whoever's got it in their hands, 
We know it as God right now, and he's fashioning that piece of clay. In reality, he does that to you and I every day. And so often, we don't release us. We don't let us get out of the way to let God fashion us and mold us in order to give us a fresh beginning or a fresh start. Now listen to me, moms and dads or husbands and wives. There's some of you, you've been fussing and fighting over the same problem you've had for five, ten years. You may call it something different, but it's the same thing, really. You'll fuss about it all the time. You never get released from it. You never communicate it. You never talk about the issue. You never deal with those things to get beyond those things. You want to keep bringing up some stuff that took place 15 and 20 and 25 years ago. Now, this is not a marriage class tonight, but can I help some of you? At some point in time, you got to let it go. Amen, Pastor. (laughs) You do. You just got to let it go. And to get beyond where we need to get beyond from. But reality, that can work in our spiritual life as well, in our relationship with God. There's some things that we will, that sometimes we just won't let go of. God, you can have all of this, but I'm holding on to this one. Because we don't, we won't, we don't want God to, to, to grow it or to fashion it the way that he wants us to be fashioned. I, I, really, I really believe that it would surprise many of us if we really, Brother Earl, if we just really turned loose. You know how we used to say it in the church, old, old time, old time school, Brother Wayne? If we just turn loose and let go, let God, just let God. Just let God have his way. Could y'all handle God having his way with you? Somebody's phone is buzzing in case you want to know. <laughs> could, we, could we really let go and let God have his way and do with you Whatever he wants to do. Think about it. Whatever he wants to do, could you allow God to just do whatever? It's all about God. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord seated on the throne. He was high. He was exalted. The train of his robe filled the temple. Seraphims was there. They were crying, holy, holy, holy is Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. It's all about God. And, and And I... I feel like sometimes God had to get those things out of Isaiah's eyesight or his way for Isaiah really to get a glimpse of who God was. He had to get Uzziah out of his way. Who's God going to have to move out of your way for you to get get a picture of God or can you do it by yourself? Can we release who we are in him? It's all about God. It's all about God. Because a lot of times when when we identify the pain or the issue or whatever the case What should happen in the Christian's life, what should happen, it should focus us toward God instead of focusing away from God. Isaiah had somebody that was close to him that died, and it focused him toward God. He he began to see God for who God really was. And I I began to think about God and my need for God, and and we do this at times. When when those issues come or losses come or, or whatever the case, we begin to think about my need. I need God in those moments, more than ever. Just like Caleb was singing a while ago, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Oh, bless me, God, my Father. Because we need Him. If we be honest with ourselves, every hour of every day, we need the Lord. We need the Lord. And I know this is, this is real simple right here, what I'm fixing to say, but I, I'll just tell you, I don't, I don't want to go through a minute of the day without God. 
We need God in every minute of the day. Every hour of the day, we need God. But a lot of people get messed up on this thing. They identify their pain, but instead of saying it's all about God, it's all about me. What I'm going through. The struggle I'm going through. The pain I'm going through. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to diminish what you're going through. That's not what I'm saying. But if we can change our focus a little bit, if we can change our thought process a little bit, if I understand the fact that the enemy... Remember us talking just a few minutes ago? If I understand the fact that the enemy, according to the word of God, is out to steal, kill, and destroy me, and I understand also the fact that my Bible says that God is for me, he's not against me, he wants me to live, he wants me to prosper, he wants me to be abundant, if I get that, and if I can get those two little simple things in my mind, then when the struggle comes, It helps me identify who's bringing the struggle. It helps me identify where the struggle is coming from. It helps me identify the fact that, God, you're for me. And if I'm going through this thing, that's apparently you're trying to show me something in this. You're trying to grow something in me. Help me to see what you're wanting me to see as I walk through this struggle. Help me to see you high and lifted up. Help me to see your train filling the temple. A lot of folks, it's all about me. So the question is, who is is God in our life? Because a fresh start or a fresh beginning happens simply because of God. The third thing here that that we find in Isaiah, we we have to reveal the truth about myself. Now, there there are moments that, uh, that we don't like who we are. Has anybody ever been there before? Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and said, I don't like you? Especially if you've done something stupid or you messed up or whatever the case, you know, or, you know, I, I, you know, I don't like you. There's been moments in my life I may have said something, maybe hurt somebody's feelings or done something, and I knew I hurt their feelings and it was my fault. And, and all I can do is say, you know, I, I don't like how I feel. I don't like how it makes me feel. Even if you go back and apologize and, and, and they accept your apology and all that, it's just that feeling that you just, you just blew it. You just messed up. And so... We have to reveal the truth at times about ourselves, And that's really what Isaiah does when he says, he gets down here in that, in that what is it, chapter, verse 3 or verse 4, where it says, when I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and, and I saw the seraphims and, and with wings and, and all these things that's going on, and, and they're crying, holy, 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 and all this, and Isaiah finally said, woe is me. Now, when you, when you look at that word woe in the, in the, in the Hebrew, the word is spelled this. It says, it's spelled O-I. Everybody say that with me. O-I. Say it again. O-I. So when you, when you look at the way the word is spelled in the Hebrew, and if I look at myself, then in the light of God's glory and in the light of God's majesty, O-I. Isaiah said, woe is me. O-I. Woe is me. Because I am a man of unclean lips. I am a man that's undone. I am a man that's full of sin. I am a man that's full of junk. I am a man that doesn't, doesn't know when to shut up when, when, when you're supposed to shut up. I am a man that the attitude sometimes stinks. I'm just using me, but you can put your name in there too if you want to. You know what I'm saying? When we really get a glimpse of who God really is, boy, it really shines the light on who he is. 
remember when we was up there in the balcony, Keith, when we was working around and we was doing the painting and we was doing the caulking and we was doing all of that and all of a sudden we, we was working with it. Everybody, can everybody turn around and look up there right now? Don't look too bad. It looks pretty good. But there's no light up there. Just a little bit of light. But Keith has got a couple of pair of lights that he can bring up here and he can sit down on the floor and he'll turn those, light on, those lights on. And you know what it does? It shows every imperfection in that wall. That's why I don't like him to bring them. <laughs> Every imperfection. And I'm thinking, boy, this wall is ready to paint. This wall is sanded down like it's supposed to be. This wall is caulked and this wall is spackled just as like, exactly like it needs to be until he turns that blasted light on it. And all of a the sudden, there's blemishes and there's holes and there's things that need to be sanded down and all kinds of things. Now, it's amazing, really, when you think about it. I didn't really think about that till right now. Thank you, Lord. But isn't that how, really, the Lord is when he shines his light on you and I? And when he does that, I have to reveal the truth about me. Lord, there's blemishes and there's holes and there's scars and there's stuff I don't like. That I need fixed. And I don't want to carry those scars or that weight and all that stuff over into a brand new year when you're doing your best to give me a fresh beginning, a fresh start. Isaiah said, oh, I, where is my heart? If you're going to have a fresh beginning, you've got to answer the question. And really on an ugly scale from 1 to 100, really, where is our heart? Where is our heart? Because most of the time people go through life and they really never evaluate who they are as an individual. They never evaluate. And so the truth is when I'm in God's presence and I see the ugliness of my heart, I have to go, oh, you. Uh-uh. Oh, I. It's oh, I. Whoa. Oh, I. Whoa is me. I'm the one. But in our culture today, we're so prone and we're so quick to blame this one and blame that one and it's so-and-so's fault and all of that. And really... Many times we've got to look back on ourselves. It draws me. And really, when I, when I look at the ugliness of my heart and it draws me to God, it, draw, it should draw me closer to God. Isaiah said, I saw him. I saw the Lord high and lifted up. I saw him. I didn't have a vision of him before. I knew him, but I didn't have a vision of him. I understood who God was. I've been taught as a child. I understood who the Father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I, I know God, but boy, I didn't have a vision of him like I had when Uzziah died. It was then that I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filling the temple. I didn't have a vision of God until I went through that loss, that significant loss this past year. And boy, it helped me to get a closer look to who God really is. It helped me get a picture of seeing who God really is in my life. The truth is, when I'm in God's presence, I see the ugliness of me, and I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to accept that. And then, and then I, I touched on this just a few minutes ago. The other thing we have to do that Isaiah had to do, we have to release the past. We have to release the past. Verse 7, the Bible says, he took a, a coal from the altar, and with it, it touched my mouth and said, see, this has touched your lips. And the Bible says, it says, your guilt is taken away. 
Now, really, we need to go to that scripture in Isaiah chapter 6 and underline that in my Bible. Our guilt is taken away. And, 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 and our sin is atoned. Our sin is atoned. Your sin, in other words, is paid for. And it's gone. Your sin is paid for and it's gone. How many would agree with me that God does not want you to live your life with regrets? He doesn't. God doesn't want you to live your life with regrets. And because of that, he offered us the incredible gift. And that incredible gift is simply called forgiveness. 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 Have you ever forgiven somebody before? How did it make you feel? How did it make the other person feel? Have you ever been forgiven? How did that make you feel? When you knew you was in the wrong, but somebody forgave you anyway. And it, and it lifted that weariness. It lifted that icky feeling. It lifted that, that emotion that you had because you was forgiven. The Bible says he puts them in the sea of forgiveness and remembers them no more. Puts a sign, basically hangs and says, no, there ain't no more fishing here at this hole. I've forgiven you. I've cast it from as far as the east is from the west. Not in a circle, but in a straight line. It's gone. That's great news. He forgives all of our sins. Because in a circle, they keep going around and around over and over. He keeps bringing it back up sort of like we do one another at times. It, it revolves. It keeps coming up again, coming up again. Early on in our marriage, Karen and I, you know, we, and we're just like any other couple. Y'all can identify with what I'm fixing to say. We don't do it so much anymore at all. But early on in our marriage, there's some things that, that, that happen that, you know, say maybe a year or two years or three years earlier, that we would constantly, either, either one of us would always bring up. If we got in a fuss or an argument, whatever, we'd bring up that thing that took place two or three years ago. Well, I don't know why. It just, I, I guess it just sort of like ammunition, you know, that you used on each other. Well, you said that one. Do you remember this? But I couldn't do, I, I wasn't good at remembering. So I always lost those arguments. Because Karen, I'm going to tell you, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not, I'll just get Karen out of All you women... Y'all are good at it. I'm telling you, you can remember things. Karen, right now, I promise you, I promise you she can tell you what I wore after I got out of my tux on our wedding day. She knows exactly what colors to do, don't you? Yeah, she does. I don't know. And the britches and a shirt. She can tell you those things, and I promise you, some of you women, you can do the same thing with your spouse. So we have, we have to remember we've got we've to we've let this past thing, let this past thing go at times. Um, there's a lot of times that the enemy wants to bring up your past and bring those things up. But when that happens, the best thing that you can do for the enemy is remind him of his future. Yeah. We, he brings up your past, remind him of his future. You know where his future is, right? It's in the lake of fire. That's, that's why it was prepared for the, lake of, for the enemy, not for you and I. So what, what are we holding on to? Am I holding on, or are you holding on to the, to the regret of failed relationship? Am I, am I holding on to a regret of wrong choices or hurtful words or whatever the thing? Because the truth is God forgives. God forgives. That's God's part. I've got to do my part. I've got to accept that forgiveness. I've had people to tell me before, Pastor, I'll come to church, and I don't have a problem coming down to the altar, and, and God can forgive me, but my issue is I can't forgive myself. Well, then don't do it. Because really, God has already done it for you. God has already forgiven you. All you've got to do is accept Him. 
And so I've got a part here. My part is simply to acknowledge and accept the wrong, confess the wrong, confess the thing that I've done, and then receive God's forgiveness and release the regrets and live the forgiven life that God really wants me to live. We all experience that during the Christmas holidays. Many of you, probably, if not all of you, gave a gift. You received a gift. We, we, we understand that. We understand that lingo. We understand what that means. I gave a gift to my children. My children even gave gifts to me, their father. How, why did they do that? Because they love me, and I love them. We gave, we gave gifts to one another. Now, the, the truth about it is, really, really, it could be Christmas. Really, any, pick, just pick a day of the year. Because really, you could have a Christmas spirit or Christmas feeling really every day of the year, really, when you think about it. Because it's an act of love. It's an act of, of giving, of, of caring and concern that you have on the other person's part. But the problem sometimes comes when we want to relive the past or we allow others to relive it for us. And, and the future of a fresh beginning or a fresh start comes when we, when we say and when we reply to God just like Isaiah when we reply to God, yes, God. Yes, God. That's really what Isaiah done. You look in verse number 8. The Bible says, And I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who's going to go for us? And I said, here's the fresh start. Here am I. Send me. Lord, I saw you high and lifted up. I saw your train fill the temple. I saw the seraphims flying around with wings. And you've come and you've touched my lips with a live coal from the altar. And now you want somebody to go. I'll go. I'll go. Have you ever noticed in this scripture right here, it didn't take God, he didn't didn't have to ask twice? Boy, this is not in my notes here, but this is good preaching material right here. God didn't have to ask Isaiah twice. So many times the the preacher or Sunday school teacher or whoever has to ask you twice. Three times. Four times. Five, six times when you know you have been gifted or talented, that God has already blessed you with that gift and that talent, but yet you'll sit on it. Everybody say, sit on it. Don't it feel good to say that? Sit on it. Don't make that your lingo for this two, for 2018. Isaiah, Isaiah, when God came to him and he touched his lips with that live coal, whom shall I send? Here, my Lord, send me. Send me to do your will. Send me to be your person. Send me to be your man. Send me to be your woman. Send me to be uh, the, the, the woman or the man in the marketplace that you want to go. Send, send me out as a fresh beginning, a fresh start. Isaiah experienced a fresh beginning at that point. And if Isaiah experienced that fresh beginning, Brother Earl, we can too. We can. We can experience that too. And really, there's no better time than right now at the beginning of 2018. And so the the final question I leave with you tonight is simply this. Then when am I going to start? When am I going to start? When am I going to say, Lord, send me? When am I going to say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, send me. I'm your man. I'm your woman. Whatever it is, God, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to say, whatever you want me to do, Whatever you want me to be involved in, how can I be a blessing to the body of Christ? How can I be a blessing to the church? How can I be a blessing to my fellow man? What can I do to be be your hands and be your feet and be your mouth and be your tongue? Are we doing that even 
I mean, you know, what, what, is, what is the date today? The third. Three days we've had in this year. Have we already messed up? Have, have we already blew it in 2018? Or are we at the place where we can say, God, send me. I'm ready to go. Because the thing about it is, it's, he's waiting for you. He's not, you're not waiting on him. He's waiting for you. Amen? A fresh beginning. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We're so thankful for your many blessings. We're so thankful, God, because we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are our God today. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're for us and you're not against us. We know, dear God, that uh, every step that we take, we want to take in you. God, throughout this year, help us. Throughout this year, I pray that you minister to every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, Lord, in this church, in Pathway Ministries, God, help us to be what you want us to be in this city. Help this church to be what you want it to be in this city. I know we're doing a lot of things, but God, is it effective for the kingdom? I know we busy ourselves, but God, really, is it, are, are you pleased? Are you pleased with what we're doing? Are we being effective in this community to win the lost at any cost? Even though we may put some paint on the wall or we may do some new things inside this building, God, what are we doing for kingdom building? Am I doing my part? Are we doing our part as a church? God, if we're not, then forgive us, I pray, and lead us in the direction that you want us to go. Help us focus our attention on you and what would you have us to do this year. We'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen.